We've got some new Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights. Not really a huge surprise, uh, but it raises some interesting questions about how a franchise that's only been around for six years was able to do that. It's pretty incredible to be able to be taking home a Stanley Cup win after such a short time. And so can other teams and other franchises in the league look to Vegas as an example of what to do. We're going to get into it right now with our guest, who's Associate Professor of Sport Management at Brock University, Dr. Michael Narain. Dr. Narain, thank you for making the time. Good to talk to you. Oh, good to talk to you too, Chelsea. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> there are, I know you are, you are very opinionated and you've got a lot of passion when it comes to this. <laughs> so I, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on this. You know, we've got a few opportunities, I think, in, uh, in maybe some different leagues, but specifically within the NHL with the new ownership of the Senders. Uh, how can a league like that look to Vegas as an example of what to do and how to be, how to build something that's just so winning and so great in such a short time? Well, yeah, it's a great question. And I think with the Golden Knights, you know, what people have to remember is the NHL was really trying to, A, you know, add that extra team, but B, you know, make sure that it was viable. I mean, it doesn't take a historian in hockey to look at, you know, some of the both successes and failures of of ice hockey professionally in the NHL uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line, whether you're talking about, you know, the, the successes like Carolina uh, and even Tampa Bay or even some of the failures, i.e. the Arizona Coyotes. Um, but, you know, with, with Vegas, it was really interesting because the NHL was like, you know what, let's try something different. And realistically, or not realistically, but pragmatically, the NHL really gave Vegas and Bill Foley a kind of a sweetheart situation. I mean, the expansion draft um, was really set up to, you know, pull a fast one over a lot of teams. I mean, um, and because it hadn't happened in, a, in the modern era, uh, a lot of teams didn't know how to plan for that. You know, we see a difference with Seattle. Now, obviously, Seattle did really well this season. So, you know, just put that aside for a second. But, you know, the Seattle expansion draft, if you compare it to the Vegas expansion draft, way different. And NHL man GMs knew what to do the second time around. But the very first time, you know, they were fish out of water. And Vegas, you know, with George McPhee, kind of fleeced a lot of teams, was able to pry key talent, including a guy like Jonathan Marcheseau, who now won the con Smythe. And so, you know, the ability to have that lady luck on your side was definitely one of the precursors for Vegas' success. Off the ice, they've done a great job of embedding themselves in the community and leaning in on being different, being Vegas, being authentic. Um, and then there, again, also was some lady luck situations, being able to trade for a guy like Mark Stone. So anyways, you know, when you mm. extrapolate that to, to other, you know, teams and leagues, you know, there is a bit of luck that happens, you know, betting on certain certain players, making trades and acquisitions, but being or having the facilitation from the league level to put you in a position to be successful, that's a huge step in the right direction. And that's why Vegas has been one of the reasons why Vegas has been able to fast forward um, and skip through a lot of the tumultuous years and get right up there to, to win the Stanley Cup. But it doesn't sound like what you're describing is something that we can replicate again, because the expansion of a new team and the exceptions around that are different than, than trying to create a, a special scenario for a team that already exists, like, for example, the Senders. So new ownership might not necessarily give them the same benefit or the same opportunity. 
Exactly. And and so the, one, one of the things that, you know, with the, with the new ownership uh, coming in here in Ottawa, you know, roughly, let's say around September, October, once everything is all said and done, you know, Ann Lauer will bring um, perhaps a different vision for the team. And so, yes, the Senators have been playing since the mid-90s, um, early 90s. They are in the current system. So they all are already subjected to the current model and paradigm. So nothing really is going to change for them. What will change is how the owner, you know, alongside his president of Hockey Ops or his general manager, obviously Pierre Dorian as of now, you know, creates and executes on a vision and then which players and pieces they bring in to work on, uh, you know, achieving that vision. And obviously that vision will culminate with winning a Stanley Cup and being successful for many years, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's a lot different than a team like Vegas, which was expansion. And, you know, the next team or the next city, I guess I should say, in the United States that will get a team will be a relocation. It'll likely be Arizona, whether they relocate to Phoenix or they relocate to a place like Houston or Oklahoma City, uh, Kansas City maybe even. Uh, you know, those will be relocations. The team structure still exists. I mean, you're just going to take the Coyotes and, and bring them to wherever, but the team, you know, the roster will still be, you know, Clayton Keller and, and the bear, the merry bunch of men that play mm. for the Coyotes. So Vegas truly is the exception. And that being said, I should, will say Chelsea, Bill Foley paid a lot of money to get the Vegas Golden Knights franchise. And so uh, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, unlike anything that was seen in professional men's ice hockey in North America before. So he paid a premium to get a team. And with that premium came a little bit of lady luck that the NHL gave him, you know, a little bit of opportunity to fleece a few teams over. And again, they, you know, it's come to fruition that Vegas has now hoisted Lord's family stop. So is that being seen as fair throughout the league now, now that other teams are looking at that win? I, I mean, you know, what, what is fair, right? I mean, you know, I've been saying this recently that, you know, the NHL, is a mafia-like system, right? You've uh -huh. got 32 seats at the table. You know, at the end of the day, you know, what's fair? Is it fair that, you know, uh, you know that some teams are able to circumvent the cap at times and, you know, fans will yell at that? Is it fair that, you know, some guys are able to, uh, you know, do certain things? You know, maybe, maybe they don't lose a draft pick or if one guy gets suspended for five games as opposed to two because, you know, the Department of Player Safety just you know, throw stuff at a dartboard and decides what they want that day. I mean, realistically, and this is this is the the frustrating part for fans out there. But it really is, you know, very uh, true um, to how professional sport is run. You know, surprisingly, there's a lot of you know we kind of make it up as we go. And you know, when we talk about fairness. You know, sure, we do try to maintain this level of equity and fairness, and anyone can win at any given time, but it is also about the structures and the models that you create. And in ice hockey currently, uh, I keep saying ice hockey, by the way, because, uh, you know, I had some, some European friends come over, and they're like, oh, yeah, hockey is field hockey. Yeah, yeah. But part <laughs> of the story, Chelsea, is if at the end of the day, you, we create a model and a structure that incentivizes certain behaviors, then is it actually fair? I mean, is it fair that the New York Yankees spend millions of dollars and the Oakland A's don't? You know, probably not. But is it, so is it fair? Probably not. But it is what it is. And so, you know, in, in hockey, if, what we have to look at is, well, we didn't have a salary cap for a long period of time until 2005. 
Um, yeah. and, and then, uh, or sorry, I should say 2012, 2013. And, and, you know, now it's we're living in this paradigm. What that looks like after the next collective bargaining round, who knows? And so we'll continue to work on this concept of fairness. But, you know, will it ever, will hockey ever be fair? As a Maple Leafs fan, I can tell you hockey has not been fair to us. So. Well, <laughs> I mean, look who you're talking to. We're not going to get a ton of sympathy from our listening audience <laughs> yeah. right now. But, <laughs> but look, we also didn't win the Cubs. So, so I get it. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned the Oakland A's. And look, our my audience would, would see right through me if I tried to pretend like I know anything about baseball because I just absolutely do not. So the <laughs> Oakland A's might be getting new ownership. At least that seems to be what the fans want. They've gone on the seven-game win streak, and yet the fans are cheering that they want to sell the team. Can you explain what's going on? Yeah, so there's so long story short, the Oakland A's are potentially with the current ownership are planning to move to Las Vegas, and part of the reason for that is they haven't been able they the current ownership have have not been able to secure financing and or a sweetheart deal with uh, the the municipal excuse me municipality of Oakland, uh, the state of California to get a new baseball stadium where they want and you know not completely funded on their own. They want to be able to use public money to help build this new brand new facility obviously that hasn't been taking place oakland the city of oakland and, and you know the state of california are not you know working with the a's on that and so it's a situation of okay well i'm going to take my blanket and run and, and the a's ownership have found you know potentially viable opportunities in las vegas with nevada residents potentially current but it's still not certain but potentially more favorable to spending public money to help build a new baseball uh, diamond uh, kind of right off the strip so in this you know tumultuous period uh, Oakland A's fans are obviously upset and they don't think that the team should a leave and so they want the owner to sell the, the ownership group to sell the team to someone who will keep the athletics in Oakland now the irony is we should also be very clear. And listen, the Oakland A's, you know, they've won the World Series, uh, the Bash brothers, McGuire and Canseco back in 88, 89, if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe even 87. Um, I'm definitely way off on my math. But, you know, it, 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 is, it is a nice story. But the Oakland A's didn't start in Oakland. They started in Philadelphia. And this goes to show that while in sport, just like in life, we're very adamant about the way things are, and we don't like change. As human beings, we're very adverse to change. We like, mm-hmm. there's a very academic term, but we like inertia. We like things that stay the same and don't really change. But at the end of the day, professional sport is built on growth and opportunity. And so, you know, if a team's got to move, a team's got to move. I mean, look, I mean, Atlanta's had hockey twice, and it's both moved twice. That's not to say that hockey can't flourish in Atlanta. It, it could under the right circumstances. Um, you know, hockey left Winnipeg, uh, went to Phoenix, and, and, you know, hockey's back in Winnipeg. Like, there will be iterations going forward. Uh, so, anyways, all this to say, you know, do I think that Oakland is going to stay in Oakland? I unfortunately don't think that they're going to stay. I do think that Nevada is going to try and pull a fast one on their taxpayers and say, look, this is a, a really good deal long term, which it isn't, but that's a story for another day. And I do suspect that the Oakland A's will move to Vegas. And, you know, if there's one city, listen, Edmonton's a great sports town. Toronto's a good sports town. Not great, but it's, good. it's a good sports town. Um, but if there's one up-and-coming sports city in North America, it is Las Vegas. Yeah, it seems um, and, you know, for, for a long period of time, Chelsea, people thought, oh, you know, Vegas is just a place that you'd go 
for a weekend with the bachelor or bachelorette party, mm-hmm. and then you come home, and then you go back to your normal life. Well, a lot of transplants from Chicago and New York and Toronto, Vancouver, have moved down to, even in Alberta, have moved down to Vegas. And Vegas's population has increased exponentially. And we've now seen with the Golden Knights and the Raiders even, um, despite the fact they haven't won the Super Bowl, but the success of sport, and I should say the Las Vegas Aces who have won the WNBA championship, you know, with the success of sport in Vegas, more properties are going to go going to want to go there so don't be surprised to see the Oakland Athletics go there yeah I mean it'll be be interesting to watch right I mean because Vegas goes it it goes beyond the strip I mean there's an entire community and you just have to watch a Vegas Golden Knights game and see the fan base there I mean it's alive and it's real so they have seemingly struck gold there Dr. Noreen I could keep talking to you I think for the rest of the afternoon but I have to let you go (laughs) that's all the time we have so thank you so much for sharing your passion really appreciate it Oh, anytime, Chelsea. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Take care. That's Dr. Michael Narain, Associate Professor of Sport Management at Brock University.